0: Hello and thank you for joining me on the Panhandle Primate Podcast. Um, I'm Dexter Kearley, I'm the host, um, and today I'm pretty excited about the um, guest that I have on. His name is. <laughs> I have. Uh, I'm joined here by my my little baby. I'm recording this intro. <laughs> Uh, and he walked in here and wanted to join me. So I was like, you know what? I need a, I need a good co-host. So I'll, I'll let him. And, and today is also the first uh, episode I'm going to put on YouTube. So there's a little video if you want to see one of the cutest human beings on the planet and you're only listening in audio form, hop over to my YouTube channel. Uh, I haven't created it yet, but it's going to be called Panhandle Primate Podcast uh, YouTube channel. So... Um, and I'm hoping to have some interesting videos there in the future and just some different stuff for people to look at. I'm hoping to eventually create create a little bit more um, of a cohesive feel and some more videos and stuff. Um, so I was going to say, like I, like I said, today's conversation is with uh, Keegan Hollis. He is a local Amarillo artist um, from New Mexico originally. He... Um, he came up here and he's doing a lot in the um in the art scene here in Amarillo. Uh and it, no sir. No. 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 Stop it. Hey babe. I know I'm coming. Okay. Well, so that, that lasted for a minute, but he's trying to pull um as you can see he's rocking the <laughs> uh uh <laughs> He is now rocking the um, stand that I have the computer on. Oh, there he goes. All right. And he was happily went with his mother. So sorry about that. Um, but anyway, so to, like I was saying, uh, today's guest is Keegan Hollis, and he's a local Amarillo artist. They do, um, they have, they did a bunch of house shows recently he does some pop-up art shows they him and his wife have a uh, vintage clothing company where they they sell vintage clothing and uh, curated clothing and stuff Uh, pretty cool stuff he's an interesting character he um, just kind of started popping up on my radar Um, I think he's he's friends with Tim Ingalls Timothy Ingalls who's a former guest and then also Hayden Pettigo who's Uh, been a former guest and he performed at the live, uh, Panhandle, my first like live event. Um, he was the musical guest at the end. Um, cool dudes. Uh, he, he, like I said, he was just kind of in the scene. He knows people that I know and I just kind of started seeing him and he seemed, he always seemed like an interesting guy and it, it, he has a lot going on. He's doing a lot. Uh, so I definitely wanted to have him on the podcast as soon as possible. Um, So we, uh, luckily enough, I mean, I haven't had, he, he took this interview, this podcast on pretty short notice. I, I messaged him yesterday and he uh, said he would be interested in, in being on. So he came today, uh, this morning and we knocked out a quick podcast. It was a lot of fun. Ended up talking afterwards for quite a while. Um, he's a cool dude and, you know, Amarillo Amarel was lucky to have him and have people like him. He's he's part of a larger community of um, he he was referring to him as creatives um, as people who are who are wanting to create something that doesn't necessarily exist and might not there might not be a market for it. Um, but he's he's knocking it out. He's doing it. He's doing some cool things. Doing some different stuff. Working with uh, a lot of different local people. And, um, it's funny cause so after the podcast, after we ended, we had a pretty nice conversation, uh, in which I found out some other stuff about him that I, we didn't get to in the podcast. So that being said, we will I'll definitely have him on for future conversations. And he, uh, ended up in Amarillo. He went to WT, uh, on a track scholarship and he was there for, uh, i believe he said triple jump and then he there was a relay and i guess his brother's a pretty impressive athlete it sounds like his dad's a was a was i don't know maybe is a pretty uh, impressive athlete so uh we'll have some other stuff in the future to talk about and some conversations to have so i'm really looking forward to that um uh looking forward to the opportunity to just have interesting people on the podcast uh i uh, hope y'all enjoy it i enjoyed it um So I do get to announce, uh, that the Panhandle Primate podcast has its first, um, sponsor and Atlas Supplement Company. Uh, I didn't look it up, but James arredondo I can't remember which episode he was, but he has been on the podcast. He, uh, I've been friends with him. I think he's been on the fire department now for about five years, maybe more, maybe six. Um, and whenever he got hired on, he was a rookie at the station that I was stationed at. So I I didn't have a whole lot of time on, but um, so he he was working down there at Central and we just became friends almost right off the bat. It was it was interesting because uh, since I got hired on a little bit younger, uh, most of the guys I worked with were older and James was one of the first guys that got hired that was my age. So when, when he got hired, he was... Uh, I'm gonna be lying, but I think he was maybe 24, 25, and I was the same age. We'd graduated high school at the same time, so um, it was cool. It was it was like one of the first times that I had a peer on the a peer is that right? Yeah, uh, on the on the fire department with me, and he's a, he's a cool dude, a lot of fun. And uh, a, not too long ago, I can't I don't know how long they've been in business, but he started a supplement company, and his main uh, the main reason is he was getting away from propi- proprietary blends. So a lot of these pre-workouts and um, uh, a lot of the uh, like protein powders and just the supplements that you get are proprietary blends and they don't have to release what is in them. So if you're really di- trying to dial in uh, different things and you want to know exactly what you're putting in your body – uh, then Atlas Supplement Company is for you. Um, uh, Panel Primate Podcast is going to be sponsored in part by Atlas Supplement Company, which is owned and operated by a Amarillo firefighter, my buddy James Arredondo. Um, so Atlas Supplement Company uses simple and effective ingredients to make simple and effective products. So convention, uh, or con- convention. Conviction is their uh, flagship product. It's a Pre-workout, um, it's really good. Like we even use it around the house. My wife and I use it around the house for like an afternoon pick-me-up. So even if we're not gonna uh, do a workout, we still do like a little shot, a little uh, scoop in in like our in some water, you know. So instead of drinking a cup of coffee in the afternoon, uh, you just drink this, and it kind of just gives you like a, a boost, you know, a boost in energy without the crash of like a cup of coffee or Uh, I imagine I haven't taken a whole lot of pre-workouts, but, uh, it doesn't have like the uh, like crash properties. Like it's, it's a real stable energy boost. Um, so, uh, conviction is their flagship pre-workout and it just has four main ingredients. Um, they also just came out with a new line of, uh, branch chain amino acids. Uh, it's, uh, called Resolve and it's uh, vegan which is cool. It's a 2-1-1 ratio to help your body recover and um, you can check out their website. I'm going to put all of this. So this is actually my buddy James sent me like a little write-up and uh, I'm actually going to just put this whole write-up into my description uh, of this podcast under, you know, just scroll down in the description. You'll see sponsorship. It'll have this information there for you. um they are offering uh, my listeners a 10% promo code. So if you just go with the promo code Panhandle Primate, or um, click the click the link that I have just in the um, in the description, and it will take you to their website, and you'll have a um, promo code get 10% off your order. And uh, they also are part. This is actually pretty cool. I was talking to James about this the other day, and it was. One of the things that really pushed me to like um, really pursuing a partnership with Atlas Supplement Company, because he's always been a buddy of mine, Um, but they recently partnered up with this. uh, It's called Next Rung. It's a 501c3, which I guess it means that they're a nonprofit. Um, And they are focused on helping firefighters get mental health help and support. So for every dollar, or for every bottle sold, uh, a dollar goes to the nonprofit organization. So every bottle of Atlas Supplement Company, so with every order, a uh, dollar is donated, and um, so it's it's good. Be, you know, I'm not. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I'm not, I'm not sure if the job of firefighting. Uh, is super hard on your mental health, which, I mean, there, there's a lot of job constraints and job things, but I also think the type of person that are drawn to that type of work um, uh, typically need mental help uh, just because of some of the character flaws that come with character benefits. Um, you know, some, I, I know one uh, one thing my wife has complained about is that sometimes I'll be emotionally distant. Um, And that's, you know, on one side of it, it's a coping mechanism to, to deal with whatever. But on the other side of it, it's just something that is in me that makes me better at the job. So it's not necessarily reinforcing or creating this emotional distance. But part of the reason I can do the job and part of the reason I was attracted to the job is because I'm emotionally distant. Um, now that, uh, it's not like a big deal for me. And and I think most firefighters it's not, but you know, I, I, I really like that, um, organizations like this, uh, next rung, uh, exists because I think a lot of, a lot of mental health is nipping it in the bud. It's getting ahead of the problem, getting, uh, to a point where your mental health and the way you view the world and the way that you interact with the people around you is healthy, so that you never have a crisis. You're, or you're going to have crises in life. You know, bad things happen, um, things just happen in general. Um, but, you know, organizations like this can help you to be ready to process when that happens and uh, give you the ability and you know, just help you be more present with your family and your friends, uh, if you're in the fire service, but also just if you're in anything, you know, I, I, I would like to see mental health as a proactive preventative measure be pushed, um, to the, to not only firefighters, um, but also just in our culture in general to, You know, encourage people to run and get their aggression out and get their their insecurities out in positive, healthy ways. So I thought that was really cool uh, that he was, uh, that James Atlas Supplement Company decided to partner with Nextrung. I thought that was really cool. And also give them a follow on uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's just Atlas Supplement Company. So uh, Atlas. S U P P C O. That's their Instagram, Twitter, and they're on Facebook. Um, also, uh, James and his wife have a boutique. Well, I guess James's wife, I mean, they do it together. You're married, it's pretty much one person. So, But they have a, bu- a boutique here in Amarillo called Athleisure um, that I, they think they sell the supplements out of there, but it, it's like uh really high quality women's uh clothing uh there. And actually the podcast that I did with James uh that's in the archive what we uh recorded it uh, in the back of Athleisure um in their like storeroom or whatever. It was kind of um maybe we can call it a uh studio. Yeah. Their studio there. Um so anyway, let me make sure that I hit all of that. Uh, also, they have some like dope shirts. If you're watching the YouTube video, uh, you can see the shirt. Um, they, they've they got some cool shirts. They've got some cool hats and they have some apparel on and stuff like that. So definitely check them out. Um, I appreciate them supporting the podcast. And without further ado, I am going to leave you or uh, I'm going to play play you out um and i'm gonna play uh isaiah rashad um off of his 2016 release the sun's triad i've played this track before but i really dig it and i'm gonna play it again so this is four to squaw squaw sq but four to squaw or four yeah and uh, like I said, dope song. I hope you enjoy it, and I uh, hope you enjoy this interview with Keegan. So,
1: peace. Be tight as fuck. Turn up. Turn the light off, dance. Turn it down. Hey, you roll up. You roll up for the boys, for the squad. No, that's that's job right now. <laughs> <coughs> Hey, real... yeah if i can pay my bills i'm good i'm coming over found a message in my brother your son is coming up by the bill by it what you ever saying you ain't nothing but a baby your fear is growing up listen here i say my dude and what you call it it was heaven at the bottom peace from throwing up by the bill by by the when you ever saying you ain't you feel it's growing up. I think I do this shit for real, dog. Hey, I ain't no motherfucking maybe. I'm for motherfucking real, dog. Hey, mama, mama, I got some dollars for your bills, dog. Hey, now I'm the hit and I'm the topic. All that matters, I'm Jaleel, dog. Hey, yeah, you know I think the sun shines. She feel how I feel, how I feel like yeah, I think at night time. She move, she got my phone, hit my line, I'm here for you in East Side. Shame on us. Rain come on now. I figured the move. I figure, I figure When I pay my bills, I'm good, I'm coming out. I found a message in my brother. Your son is coming up Buy the beer, buy it, buy boo y'all well, yeah, saying You ain't nothing but a baby Your fear is growing up Listen, here I said my dude And what you call it It was heaven at the bottom Peace from throwing up Buy the beer, buy it, buy boo My well, you yeah, saying You ain't nothing but a baby Your fear is growing up I got a dollar and a Stop in Kansas Toto to do a Do not, do not forget I've been wildin' Santa Poppin' rockin' Lord, forgive for the talcum powder I right now stretch it Bless it Bless it, my brother and his record On the record For the record Hey, and play it back Cause they respect us Alright, now I got The moon and the stars Below my feet So low I speak So I don't wake them Praise the Lord that got in me, who made me sport with rotten teeth So I perform the prophecy, and on the norm the plaque will be to be expressing who we are, and addressing who they are and doing what they can't. And if I can pay my bills, I'm good found a message in my brother, your son is coming up Buy the bill, buy it, buy boo My Yaris saying you ain't nothing but a baby Your fear is growing up Listen, here I say my dude and what you call it It was heaven at the bottom and peace from throwing up Buy the bill, buy it, buy boo My Yaris saying you ain't nothing but a baby Your fear is growing up
0: Thank you for joining me, or uh, joining us. This is the uh, Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your Absolutely. host, Dexter Kearley, with my guest, Keegan Hollis. Hey, hey, guys. How would you say you're like uh, best, best known, or like uh, most known? Maybe most known would be the best one.
2: Oh gosh. Um, well, up until. Probably a year ago, I would say I was known mainly just the weird art kid, but um probably the past year I've got to the got the chance to do a lot of house shows and different events, and me and my wife started a vintage clothing company, and so really we're doing all we have our hands full with a bunch of different things, so I'm kind of just trying to move and shake and Mm. do whatever we can so So, a mover and shaker yeah yeah Yeah. that's kind of what that's what it seems
0: like i mean it's it's cool because i feel like i'm in like a mid-generation like i'm in between there's like the way the slightly older generation did things which was start cool restaurants and like that's how they influenced culture and then it seems like there's like a younger group that are doing a lot more like hanging out at people's houses and doing but shows like doing it with a show with a purpose with like a almost an intent behind it you know
2: right yeah I mean as far as like the house shows and stuff they go like you had just mentioned um kind of this this generation that I'm coming up in in Amarillo is I think they're kind of tired of they're not really being like a certain building that we can house things. And we don't really have a mid-level event center at all. We have huge civic center or tiny bars to play at. And I think a lot of us have seen that issue arise. And so really in the past year, year and a half, there has been almost a house show every weekend. And that's been really cool because it's, it's so much more organic and, it's just a lot better feel. Um, people tend to let loose a little bit more, and you just kind of uh, seem to get a little bit more genuine feel overall. And so that's been really, really cool to see um, over the past year at least. So,
0: Well, seeing it, it kind of, to me, seems uh, uh, reminiscent or like what I imagine the like punk scene being back right. in the day or, you know, like a these underground movements i think like whenever i hear house show the first thing i think of is like um like more of like a a black house party you yeah. know like in the 80s where they're bumping you know hip hop and it's kind of like that's what i'm thinking of you know and so yeah. it it is interesting that it's kind of having this revitalization i wonder if in every generation almost has like i mean, maybe the same thread yeah uh, absolutely
2: but yeah, I mean, basically, kind of to go off that a little bit, is we are kind of in a rebuilding phase with our art community, really as a whole, because um, since the death of Stanley Marsh, if you will, it's we've kind of started over, it seems like, um, we've kind of lost traction. It seemed like when I moved to this area five or six years ago, there really wasn't a ton going on positive in the art community and it's kind of to the point now that we're starting to gain some momentum and actually get some traction again and stuff is happening so I think that's kind of where it's at now it's kind of at the forefront of that hopefully so
0: oh, yeah well uh, let's go back to you said you were like the weird art kid <laughs> yeah. what does that mean what's the weird art kid
2: <laughs> well I mean I think that's really about all I did um Uh-oh. for the past few years I wasn't really involved in much else but going to art school and, you know, trying to make art and stuff. You know, I had a friend group and stuff, but I wasn't um, I wasn't as much of a mover and shaker as we said before. I, I wasn't really interested in, you know, throwing events and really trying to push the art community forward. I really was just trying to, you know, survive college at the time and then um, just make art that I enjoyed. And now that, you know, made it through college and, um, you know, in a point where I start to enjoy my art, now I can kind of blossom and go in some other routes as well. So so what kind of, what is your uh, medium? Well, um, primarily, uh, I do canvas work, but, um, I'm working on a whole new series. I guess I'm about four months deep into that. And um, it's all pieces of cut-out wood. And so it's all three-dimensional art. So um, it's just a plain slate background. And then I will cut out the images and transpose them onto the piece. And then paint the piece. So it's when you look at it little pieces will kind of jump out at you mm. and some pieces are farther back. And so um, it's kind of the happy medium between sculpture and painting for me. Mm. Um, in college, I was actually a sculpture major and uh, kind of went away from that. Um, I really started to enjoy painting better, felt like I had more of a knack for painting. And so this is kind of... I feel like where I need to be, I get to work with my hands and build stuff, but also um, there's the kind of the painting feel and sculptural together. So nice. I know where I am now.
0: That's cool because I, I know yeah. I've seen uh, on on your Instagram. It mm-hmm. seems like you have you can tell a lot about a person based off of their Instagram. You know, because it's almost it's like a level of uh, like. One of the things my wife gets on to me all the time is she's like, you need to put out a consistent image. It needs to be cohesive. It needs like when somebody needs to understand what's happening here, you know? And I think sometimes that you can't hide behind that. So like, it's almost like a a portion of who you are Mm -hmm. is going to come out. You can't put out a completely fake persona. No, But you know, but with yours, it seems like you have... Um like almost like pastel y feels. Like yeah. as like I scroll through, that's what like pops in my head is like all these colors are like pastel colors, you know? It's yeah. kinda cool. It uh it is like cohesive, you know? Yeah. Do you are you pretty intentional with that kind of, like with with anything that's consumed like that?
2: Right. I yeah, I would I would hope that I don't think too much about it. I, I don't make too much of a conscious effort, but um I think I'm with my clothing choices and with my art, it's kind of it is kind of cohesive. I I tend to wear a lot of the same colors that I use in my on my art pieces as well, which is kinda of strange. But um but yeah, that it is kind of intentional I guess in a way. I I have a knack for for just pastel in general and it kinda of just happened and yeah. looked up one day and every <laughs> Everything I had was pastel. That's so.
0: hilarious. Yeah, it, it creeps up on you so, sometimes. You yeah, don't, you don't realize who you are sometimes. It like yeah. it starts. Uh, what would the thing be like? Appearing, you know, right. like your future self starts appearing, and you don't even know. And then before you know it, you're the we. You know, like yeah. whoever you are, you know, it's yeah. kind of a the pastel kind of an boy. Yeah, the pastel <laughs> boy. That's hilarious. Um, so. How did you end up in Amarillo just from going to school at WT or Yeah. Where what what was your background like? Uh where you grew up and stuff.
2: Okay. Yeah, I this is we could delve into this for hours, but I'll try to kind of condense it. Um so when people ask where I'm from, I always say New Mexico for starters and people usually just leave it at that. That's that's good enough for me. But if they specifically ask where I'm from, I usually say Clovis just because that's the only decent-sized city that was close to where I actually grew up. I was from this little tiny town called Texaco, New Mexico, not the gas station. Um, That was a common misconception. But uh, it was a little tiny town, about 2,000 people, and um, I really didn't even get to grow up with an art background at all. Our community was basically all ag. And um, as I got into junior high and high school, um, they actually cut our art program, cut the art and music program. And my brother's a musician, and then I was an artist. And so we really didn't have an outlet at all to do what we liked. And um, I basically just came to WT as an artist on a whim because I felt like. You know that's what I was best at. I didn't really have any other thing that I was interested in enough to go get a degree in, and so that's why I came to to art school. But I mean, I really didn't have any any background in it at all. And so when I got to Canyon, that's kind of when I learned everything that I know now as far as art stuff. So hmm. yeah, it's kind of a kind of a weird
0: upbringing. Dude, that but, that's interesting. That. Like you went to Canyon, which yeah. if and especially if you're not from this area, and it's kind of weird because it's it's kind of uh, the it seems like it's the stereotype, but it's not necessarily the truth. Yeah, that people from this area are closed minded or not open-minded, or that right. you know that they're somehow podunk or you know cultureless. You know, because we are very ag. But it is interesting because I've met a lot of very ag conservative type people yeah. Yeah. who pour a lot of money into the arts on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Like it it almost like they are kind of the backbone of it as well and and you say right. you go to you go to Canyon right. to get enlightened. Yeah. You know, in the in the ways of art and it's kind of funny <laughs> because a lot of people would think, "Oh, small town Texas like right. that's not where you're going to find art." But um, I kind of wonder, and this is one of the things, uh, the slight tangent, another thing is interesting about the internet yeah. is there almost is no border anymore. Right. You know, yeah. So if you're a kid growing up in, what was it called, Texaco? Texaco, New Mexico. Texaco, yes. New Mexico. Yes. I don't know if I've heard of Texaco, yeah, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, is it south?
2: Of- it's eastern New Mexico, so we're right on the border of Texas. Farwell, Texas is literally uh, on – we're separated – from by railroad tracks oh. between Texas and New Mexico. I could literally almost throw a rock to Texas from my house growing mm. up. So, Dang. Yeah, that was also kind of weird. But
0: Yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean, if you're a kid growing up in that neck of the woods yeah. and you want to you see art, right. it's a portal away. You know, like yeah. you just get in, you search something. And uh, it's kind of interesting since we've just moved into a new house, uh, Shannon's trying to like define her feel, you know, of the house. yeah. And so she's uh, she's on Etsy all the time. She's looking up all these different artists. Course, and it's like, yeah. damn, you know, there's some like, I think a lot of people think, oh, it's all been done right. with art, you know? But then you see something that's like such a, a perfect mashup of two things that are completely different styles. yeah. And it's new. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it's just interesting. And she's just scrolling through these, droves and droves and droves of all these beautiful pictures that are all original works of art. Right. You know? And it's just like, man, it it's kind of interesting to see
2: how people can continue to do stuff even though it's all been done. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, kind of on that as well, I think, um, even really when I was coming up, I'm not old at all. I'm only in my mid twenties, but I still feel like, um, the internet wasn't even as tangible as it has become in the past five years, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, really, since I started college is when I started to find other artists that I was really into. I you know, only knew about like the Andy Warhols and the huge, huge names, which I love all of them. They're They're amazing. But since then, I've been able to find kind of my own voice for what I like as well in art. And so... It's it's so nice. You're you're right. You're even though we live in eastern New Mexico or far out West Texas, you you're very close to to really anything you wanna be. You can, you know, get on DM and message any big name artist doesn't mean that they'll answer back, but you have the ability to do mm-hmm. that, which is which is pretty awesome, I think. Well so, my,
0: my first guest uh was uh Aaron Holland. Yes. And she works at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Right. And, she, and that, that. at the same time mm-hmm. that she was here, they were running like a, an exhibit or like a, I don't know, what, what do they call that? You know, where a person puts all their pictures. Uh, and yeah. I think it's an exhibit. And it was of West Texas. Oh, so wow. she said like in New York City, in the Museum of Modern Art, there's pictures yeah. of Amarillo. Yeah, and everybody in Amarillo is like, "God, this is a god awful place, like <laughs> ugly and this and that." And then in another place, they're saying, "Wow, that's a beautiful place." You know, yeah, those are beautiful. Absolutely. So it is kind of almost like distance yeah. gives you that perspective to where you can actually see beyond your like perceived projection of like what a place is. But
2: yes, absolutely.
0: Um, so you're newly married. Is yes, that right? I
2: am. Yeah, I guess about. Uh... Eight months in. I oh, believe. really? Yeah.
0: How's that going? It's been
2: good. See, and you now yeah. you're
0: twenty. How? Twenty six. Twenty six. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you were yeah. so twenty five when you got married. Yeah. That's the same as me. I got married at twenty five. Oh, nice. Um, very cool. Which is, it seems like the perfect time. It's like yeah. the per, and now almost being thirty. Like your brain, They they don't emphasize this enough to like males and just society in general. Your brain is growing and changing. Right. and when it takes different shapes it has different thoughts. Yeah. And a 20 year old's brain is not having the same thoughts that a 25 year old's brain that and then a 30 yeah. year old, you know, it's yeah. different. But it seems to me like that 25 right in that age the quarter life crisis or whatever, yeah. it seems to be uh go along with like getting married, oh, you absolutely. know? Yeah. It it's like you almost and for me, you know, I needed that person to basically be like okay i'll be with you all the time and help yeah. guide you through the next five years make yes. sure you get to to 30 you know
2: <laughs> yeah uh, i'm i'm pretty pretty lucky um i married McCabry, mccabry is my wife and she's oh let's see like two or three years younger than i am and kind of baffles me at sometimes because she's so much more mature than i am and she's so much younger but I'm, I'm with you i i need a helpmate i need all the help i can get to get through this so i don't even know if i'm i was ready at 25 but i've sure enjoyed it so
0: oh yeah dude and that's it's one of those things it's like blast. i really do feel like marriage is benefits the guy more than the girl yeah. because it's like the longer i've been married the more i'm kind of like you know i'm I'm the uh, the dud in this relationship. Like she's the cool one, you know. And it's like so, but she can't leave me now. You know, she's right? got to stay with me. So yeah. it's kind of a good way of like roping them into something before they realize what's going
2: on. Oh, I don't know. I think thankfully guys do mature. So maybe by the time I'm your age, I'll be that's true. I'll be yep. up to par. Yeah, I'm hoping.
0: Ooh, so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping for forty now. I'm starting okay. to think like maybe by forty. Um, so let's see here. So did, do you feel, did you feel like
2: you were young to get married? Um, I didn't really feel like I was, I was young, but I would consider myself, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I'm the most mature 20, 26 year old ever. And so I don't know if, I mean, I probably could have waited a few more years in maturity, but Mm. It happened when it needed to happen, and I'm so glad that I got married. But, but yeah, I mean, I definitely was, was pretty young. I, I could have got married at 30 and still felt too young. So Yeah,
0: yeah it's one of those things you're never quite ready for, it seems like. No. no. But it's kind of – it's funny because a lot of my friends – so I grew up half my time in North Carolina, half my time here. Oh, nice. Uh, so I, I went to my sophomore year of high school in North Carolina – And and not a whole lot of my friends are married. Yeah, like most of my group of friends aren't married. They don't, you know. And they're you know, we're going into thirties now, and I was twenty five, and I always wondered if part of that was me moving back to Amarillo, and and here we just have more of a culture of getting married a little bit younger, or you know, like yeah. uh, So anytime I I hear of another person that got married at twenty five, I'm like, okay, what was your thought process around this thing? Yeah. So um. So, do you view your art as a product? Like, um, is it like when you're making it? Are you just like kind of like this is what I'm feeling right now, or is it I'm making this thing in order to be consumed?
2: Um, I think I mainly make out of um, out of need. Um, At this point, I've you know been pretty consistently making art for like two and a half years and now i'm kind of it's almost like i'm dependent on it i i find a lot of joy and a lot of satisfaction out of actually making stuff and so really i just i make because i feel like i have to i i don't i can't imagine not doing it now and so yeah i mean i would as I get older I would love to to sell more and you know, get in more galleries and all the all the superficial things that come along mm-hmm. with it, that's awesome when that finally does come. But right now I I really make still for myself. Uh, I really enjoy it and so I have you know, a few field notes deep with just ideas that i have down and hopefully when i have enough money to go spend the money on supplies i knock one out and then just take it one by one so, nice yeah yeah that's pretty, pretty cool,
0: cool. It, it's i'm always interested in that process like with musicians and uh, you know because i've i've kind of made art quote-unquote in yeah. the like kind of in the shadows, you know, I'm not right. really putting it out to anybody because I don't really know if anybody would even care for it. But I get something out of it. Right. You know? Absolutely. So it's interesting to me whenever, um, you know, a job's a job. Like, yeah. so if you're a professional artist, there are times when it's a job and you're grinding yeah. it out and you're not necessarily even feeling it. Or you might get halfway through a project and be like, this yeah. is shit. This yeah. is all shit, and yeah. I'm wasting my time. You know, or who knows? It's a job, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's it's always interesting to me whenever a person takes that step and they say, yeah. "I want to take my either my talent or my joy, mm-hmm. and I want to turn it into a job." Right. You know,
2: yeah.
0: uh, that's always an interesting because it's not. I mean, still you're making art, or yeah. still you're playing music, or still you're doing something you want. But yeah. you're you're being a lot more intentional about it and it, its requirements yeah go up you yeah, know right. as soon as people are going to consume it yeah. because like hayden for hayden pedigo yes absolutely. if he puts out an album and it's shit yeah <laughs> you know it's kind of like dude i might have lost all my fans if i yeah, you right. know but if he yeah. continually puts out good music then he'll gain more fans so it's just yeah. once you start putting your stuff out there it kind of takes on a different oh yeah you can't go back
2: once you put it out exactly so, um, yeah now i'm with you i Thankfully, I mean, most days, I'm glad that I'm not to that point yet to where it's um, kind of arduous like that, but I'm, I'm also excited for the day, hopefully, when I am going to have to be in the studio for five, six hours a day, you know, I, I'm i ready for that day, absolutely, and um, may, maybe once I'm there, I might not enjoy doing it all day long, but I'm pretty sure I will. You know, oh, yeah. what I mean it's it's one of those things that I don't know. It's it's unlike anything else in my life, so I've enjoyed it a lot.
0: Nice, man. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um so tell me a little bit more about these like pop-up art shows cuz okay. I haven't actually so I've seen several of them on Facebook. Yeah. Um but I haven't actually made it out to any of them. Okay. Um cool. so tell me like what what is What's your concept and like? What are you What are you doing with okay. those?
2: Cool. Um, so we we do several different types of things. So when we do stuff at our house specifically, usually what I try to incorporate is several different different things that if people are going to take the time to come out, that um, you know that they actually have a reason to to stick around. I mean much more than just the vintage clothing or the art. And so usually I try to get at least like two bands that I really like to play and we've been thankful enough to get opportunities to bring in bands from all over the country. Now we we've had guys in from Seattle and San Francisco and North Carolina and all over the place that are coming through this area to bigger cities like Austin and Dallas and so on. And um so we that's one part of of the of the deal, and then my wife is the main curator of the clothing, and so we have oh gosh, now I think we have about ten thousand pieces of vintage clothing in our in our storehouse, so um usually with our pop ups we'll do oh about two or three thousand pieces at a time and McAvery will set it all up and, you know, we try to sell that vintage clothing. And then my buddy Ben's Beans, you might have seen him at the community market, he will usually pull his coffee van up at our house as well. So we have coffee outside and then music inside and then the vintage clothing and then art on the walls by... Um, usually I try to get in like five local artists as well to show at all, all these house shows. So we're putting on more than... Just myself and my wife. So
0: so uh, yeah. quick, that's a, this is a quick side.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, throw out like five
0: artists in Amarillo that people should like look at their Instagrams or something. Okay. Um,
2: I would say Jonathan Phillips. Um, and then, let's see. I would say Corbin Carey. Um, let's go with, Uh, My buddy, his Instagram name is Mind of Iron. Very, very good. Um, uh, My friend Gabby, she's amazing. And let's see. I'll start really, really like. Well, obviously Hayden Pedigo, but he's not. Have Have you heard of Rachel Edwards? Yes, absolutely. Rachel's very good. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, very, very uh, I've, I've been
0: wanting her. to check out her like she does that back alley polk street yes.
2: thing she is incredible i i missed her last event and i heard it was absolutely incredible but yes she is she's one of the best in town um also uh my old professor john Ravette is probably oh yeah john probably my f- well him or rob uh rob weingart do you know him he, uh, uh, he's friends with, with John. Very, very talented. Does he have
0: a uh, studio in, um. In Set center? center? Yeah,
2: he shares the same studio with John Irvette, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, he did, like, a 10-year stint in New York City, was an art handler for a little bit, um, worked as a gallerist, so he's, he's been around, and now he lives back in Amarillo, so. Nice. Yeah, I looked to him for, him and John, I take a lot of my critique from because they've kind of been there and done that. So nice. they usually have really, really good critique. Cool. That was so,
0: a quick side. But um, yeah. so like what what's the process? What's the network like getting bands like that? So it's... Are you just like doing shotgun basically? Like just trying to get whoever you can? Or, well, it
2: was kind of crazy. It's, um, that wasn't even really in my realm or even like a... Something that I was like trying to do. It just we threw a few house shows at the end of last year and um Hayden was actually the one that helped me with that. We brought in a guy, this uh fella John Andrews, which is absolutely incredible. And um I
0: actually think that's the I think that's who I met at the liquor store.
2: Oh no. Nice. They were
0: walking over from your house and I was walking oh, over cool. from my
2: house. Yeah.
0: Or I think I was at my buddy Chris's. But anyway, we were yeah. all like we had all walked to the liquor store and we were getting right. beer and like I opened the door and Hayden's standing right there and I right. had him on the podcast at that point, so I'd met him and everything. Right. And then um and then he's hanging out with is that like a tall fellow with yes. long hair? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um and so I met them. Or and, you might actually be talking about uh, Andrew Weathers. He they are move ins from san francisco but he has also played at my house quite often oh, okay might, but yeah uh... we so we had a few house shows at the end of last year and then um people just started like coming out of the woodwork and messaging me on facebook and instagram and um it just kind of became a thing i it was really really fun and um yeah we've had some really great bands come through um so, yeah, that just kind of dropped in my lap. It wasn't really anything intentionally that I was trying to do, but it's been really nice for house shows. So Yeah, well, I mean, when you're open to awesome. stuff, when you're yeah, open to stuff, yeah. it seems like it starts coming at you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, that's really the main thing that I've learned um, this year, especially because I, I think at this point since January, we've we've done almost a dozen house shows. And so it's been several a month that we've been putting on. And that is solely just because people have given me the opportunity to put them on. And um, so that's that's an awesome thing. I think that's one thing I learned from my dad over most things is just that if you're going to make it, you really have to work hard and put yourself out there especially. And so that's what i've tried to do a lot this past year and it's it's been cool to see what happens with it so so um i have here
0: so like are you you're a, you're in the millennial yeah my like, yeah. classification and you're kind of doing like so. a very millennial thing like yeah. it, it would almost yeah. be like uh if you took a a timestamp of today. It's like, okay, what are the ones that are people are going to say? Oh, that's, you know, it's like, Oh, putting on house shows and doing art. Okay. Millennial, you know, whatever. But it's the same thing like with Gunner, you know, Gunner's just taking, it's like, you just take pictures or, but it's like, he's doing it on another level, like on a different level. And that's one thing that I think is cool about the, this, this younger generation growing up. I think older people, their eyes maybe are like too calloused or something like mm-hmm. they or they don't they don't have the culturally they they don't have the the eyes to see what's happening
2: right yeah. um
0: and the hard work that's going into it right yeah. kind of behind the scenes it's it's yeah. like nothing is what it appears to be on the surface you know yeah, absolutely uh, and that that's one of the things I think is really cool about the millennial generation is they're finding ways to like make stuff happen and almost like. Like it almost seems passive in a sense, like it's almost mm-hmm. happening to them, yeah, but, but like having house shows and opening and and like there are a lot of things that become grind about that type of lifestyle, oh yeah. providing
2: a service really for a community, right, yeah, I mean, um, for the past eight months, me and my wife have we quit our jobs and have just solely been living off of creative works as a whole, and that I can't tell you how arduous that becomes month to month but it it's really really worth it but uh it's it's a lot harder than people oh, than dude. people think yeah. and um but it, obviously it's worth it but for guys like Gunnar how you mentioned him uh gosh he has taken the ball and really ran with it and the cool thing um about the older generation in Amarillo is that they're finally coming around to actually using millennials for like their companies or to promote things because they're to a point now where they don't really know how to do it themselves. And so now they're having to hire out people like Gunner and give him a position and allow him to put food on the table, which is an awesome thing, I think. And uh, it's about time that stuff like that is happening, so.
0: Yeah, it is It is cool. It's, a, it's exciting to, for for like a while, I got on the fire department when I was 20. And yeah. for a while, I was the, like, the only professional. Uh, yeah. You know, it was like I'd hang out with other 20-year-olds. And they're like, oh, I'm going to school. Or I'm just yeah. digging off. Or I'm doing this or whatever. And right. And then it's like around 25 is when it flipped. Yeah. And then now I'm seeing all these guys that. That are, you know, young young guys and they're doing a lot of different stuff and a lot of cool stuff and a lot of stuff that requires bravery. Yeah. Like it's not – like you were saying, it's it's tough not having a steady paycheck and then like what do you do about health insurance and then what do you do about uh, – absolutely. Like all the – I mean just the bullshits of life yep. that is part of growing up and being an older person and wanting yep. to take care of your shit. Not like, you know – you want to do the right thing as a citizen and everything, but sometimes it makes it hard to do your own thing because of yeah. just the constraints of the system, you know?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, a good an example for that, unfortunately, uh, I, I'm having some issues with my right eye right now, and because we don't have insurance, because we work as creatives, it's going to be, you know, thousands of dollars to go to the doctor for, but that's something that you have to just figure out when mm-hmm. when you do stuff like this. So yeah, I'm getting to live that right now and it's it's not the best. So but yeah, it's
0: it's uh <laughs> it's hard, man. It's like yeah. um uh, and like even I even know a lot of entrepreneurs that they are afraid to strike out and because it does require a certain amount of bravery to be like living over the edge a little bit, right. you know? It's it's not you're not living with the with the safety net yeah. per se yeah so which I don't know how much of a safety net it really is, i mean you know i I don't exactly know, like our entrance um with the city is like really good, but it's still like yeah. not super great, you know um no, or ha- i guess it has its ups and downsides it's just being a human sucks, i guess oh, you know absolutely, yeah. it really comes
2: down to it yeah no i I always was told that growing up is horrible, and some days it is i mean it's it's as hard as my parents said it was. So yeah, I, I believe them now. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this vintage clothing, where do you gather this stuff up at? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, really a lot of different ways. So, um, when me and McCabry decided to try to kind of delve into vintage clothing, it really started out as just something that—that's what we really enjoyed doing together. We would like center dates even around going to thrift stores and stuff like that. And when we would go out of, go out of town, like we went on a two-week uh, trip and lived out of our Land Cruiser and went all along the south. And we would stop in, in uh, thrift stores and stuff like that all, all along all the cities that we went to. And we've just enjoyed doing that for years now. And so we probably had like several thousand pieces stockpiled just from doing that over several years time, anything that we would really like that didn't fit either of us, we would buy it if it was affordable enough. And we would just had this huge pile of stuff that we had saved up. And then we're coming up on a year now since we got this massive donation from an estate sale um, that's also where we, where we, found a lot of stuff. But, uh, we went to this, um, this estate sale about a year ago and it was, it was done by the Zint family. Um, huge thanks to them. That's why our vintage clothing store is called Zint Vintage and, um, owed to them. They actually gifted us, I think it ended up being about, um, seven or 8,000 pieces of vintage clothing. Um, Their mom was a bit of a hoarder of very nice expensive clothing which worked out really nice for us. Um, My wife had went and shopped the first two days of the estate sale and really was just going crazy about it and I guess one of her daughters overheard her talking and she wanted to get rid of all the clothing obviously and they weren't selling very much of it so they gifted us um seven or eight thousand <laughs> pieces with um also the steel, um, steel rod like um uh, like hang up system and everything that they all the clothes were hanging on all the racks. We got oh, all of dang. it. And so um that was our startup kit right there. And so after that then we started going through The stuff that we wanted to sell in the vintage clothing store and then the stuff we wanted to sell and donate to nursing homes and the stuff we wanted to sell for like a dollar and so after we did that then we started doing pop-ups and kind of we're here now i think we've done probably probably 30 pop-ups since we started getting that stuff so it's been a crazy crazy whirlwind so and
0: so like a lot of a lot of that clothing you were saying is like has it been worn ever? Um,
2: most of the clothing it was in pristine condi- condition. Maybe worn a few times. I mean, when you have 8,000 pieces of clothing in, in your closet, she couldn't have worn, yeah. worn them more than a few times. And um, honestly, a good majority still had the price tags on them even. Yeah, that's crazy. And some of the price tags from clothes that were in the 60s, They were priced at like 75 bucks, so you can imagine what they would go for now. So that type of stuff we put on eBay and tried to sell it that way. So it's been crazy. We kind of joke because our our first dog that we got, he's about a year old now, and we actually found him at that estate sale. And um, all he knew for the first three or four months of his life were piles of clothes. Because we literally got a u-haul van put everything in it and then dropped it all in our living room and it was just clothes piles all over the place and so he didn't he didn't know a life without clothing everywhere so it's it's been wild yeah that
0: is wild man (laughs) so well dang that's so that's crazy so is that that's the you you said your wife's kind of like her like she when she picks up a a pair of jeans from the 70s she's like oh damn i know exactly about this look (laughs) at this inseam or uh, whatever exactly. she kind of nerds out on them or
2: yeah she she's done her research for sure she's found uh different apps and like websites where you can actually type in like the the code of the of the on the tag and it'll tell you like what brand it is what year it was made and all that stuff Mm. and so that's how she's found out about a lot of the clothing and so we know exactly what time period most of our clothing is because of that. And so yeah, she she nerds out if there's anything vintage Lee or Levi or you know, any of those brands she's she's geeking out. So So you're talking about clothes that's like 50 plus years old. Yeah, yeah, most of it. Yeah. We have we have a good portion of clothing that's even from the 30s and 40s, but we like to sell anything from like the 60s to the 90s that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of our our wheelhouse so is 90s considered vintage now it is damn yes, absolutely that's
0: wild man it was funny yeah. cuz i was in uh, forever 21 yesterday with my wife oh don't get me started and they had like reptar shit everywhere yeah. and i was like Reptar's coming back, yeah, who the hell would have thought reptar like I remember watching that when I was in diapers. I was watching <laughs> Rugrats, you know, and now it's like i don't know like a a cliche almost yeah it's kind
2: of uh it's kind of interesting well i I was actually hot the other day over something that forever twenty one did um I'm a huge fan of uh i don't know if you remember the nineties brand l a gear they mainly did like uh classic like dad shoes which are very in right now like the white leather athletic sneakers but um huge fan of la gear but they actually bought out the company for la gear and started reprinting vintage clothing that was done in the 80s and 90s so it actually is i mean the stuff that they printed in the 80s and 90s so they just straight up bought out the company and are selling la gear now in the stores Dang. and that that's when you know it's come full circle. I I hadn't seen that yet, honestly. I I hadn't seen big major companies actually buy out old vintage uh. companies. So I I sadly think that's something that's going to happen in the future, which is unfortunate, but it's happened with other companies like Pony. I believe Nike bought Pony shoes and Nike bought Converse as well, so yeah, yeah. It's, that's something that's happening now. Dang, yeah. So and that's just yeah. like a that's like a, and then they're selling it for like three bucks or something. Yeah, you know,
0: they're selling it for yeah. Super so Dream. it
2: ruins the vintage market for that because, like La Gear, like I was just saying, um, I mean their stuff isn't ridiculously expensive, but on eBay you could get like an La Gear shirt for like forty five bucks. That's pretty standard, and now you can go to Forever 21 and get it for, yeah, like 10 Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Let's
0: see. So, I have the... Uh, so, one of the things that's kind of cool that I, when I'm not a fashion person, you know, like yeah. I've never really been... Uh, I was like a, hey, North Face, I'll just buy one of each color of the shirts, and then I'm like covered oh, or whatever. You know, yeah. I was like... Uh, i I kind of viewed my fashion as more of a more of something that was happening to me than something i was like in Uh, control of right i got um but i have started to see that it's i was trying to process this thought with my wife but you're probably more of the right person (laughs) to process this with because i see these like so like if i'm walking down the street and well like and for you for example like when, when is all of the clothing that you're, that you're wearing, when's it from what, what,
2: um,
0: decade or is it a? I'm,
2: I'm more of an eighties
0: and nineties, eighties and nineties. Yeah. So when, and I was thinking like, if I saw somebody in seventies clothes or nineties yeah. clothes, it, it's like, okay, I, it's like a look that right. they're achieving. Yeah. So it's. It I don't know it's it's hard for me to say because it's something that I already recognize I like, recognize the the vintage yeah and when it starts coming back around and then people are uh, dressing that way to me then you're then you're doing something like yeah. fashion and 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 then it's like you're allowed to do it so right. like almost you can dress any way you want to as long as you're doing it justice to like whatever like yeah. this nostalgic. Um, undertone, like right, if you did it right, mm-hmm.
2: you're allowed to do anything, it seems oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I think I mean, there's celebrities that have made that okay now, which is actually awesome. I, I dig it, like, um, celebrity fashion is hilarious, but specifically, like, Shia LaBeouf. If I'm looking at anyone's fashion, I think me and him are on the same wavelength. We, I like to wear like vintage slacks or something with a ball cap and then change it up and wear like new sneakers you know like i like to do stuff like that where you intermingle like really old stuff but then have a pop of something new like some really nice kicks yeah
0: it's fun and i was actually you got the dilla's hat on yes uh and i i think this thing's still going yeah the light's still on okay uh the the screen went black but i think it's still recording but yeah the dilla's hat When do you think that,
2: do you know when that was printed or when? Yeah, this was probably not quite 90s, probably late 90s or like 2000. But yeah, I mean, anything, I'm like a Dilla's freak. And so you can imagine how irate I've been over the past few weeks. Oh, yeah. All the situation we've had about the sod poodles and the... Butt Busters or whatever they're called. Bronc Busters. And yeah, yeah the, you know all the all the horrible, sorry names. But but yes, I I think I have like five or six Dilla's hats now, and like probably ten vintage Dilla shirts. Nice. Yeah, I freak out every time. Well, because I I, it.
0: I probably was given that hat. Yeah. Because when I, whenever I was a little kid, I remember going to the Dillas right. and they would give free hats for the first like 50 people in oh, or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. And yeah, I
2: can tell you who probably paid for it. We got Amarillo National News Channel 10 and KGNC. Yeah. So yeah, got it right here. That's crazy, dude. Yeah.
0: When, uh it was like, it was funny whenever I saw you walking up with that hat. That's the first thing I thought to my head was, or that like, popped in my head I was like, oh damn, I bet he is upset about the names <laughs> of the new ball team. Yeah, I'm
2: a little upset.
0: Although I did talk to one of my buddies, uh, works for or works with West at Western Builders, um, and he was telling me about the stadium, and he said the stadium's going to be dope.
2: Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean. And since we have like a double A ball club, our everything will be done well because it's pro affiliated. That's mm-hmm. why I was kind of sore on us getting a junky name, just because our uniforms are going to be top of the line, incredible. They'll probably even make a great design for the solid mm-hmm. portals. I mean, I'm not that. Is mad. that the one that's picked? Well, I don't think it's official, but I did see something on like amarillo's official like facebook page and they had posted something about it so i was like oh man i think it might be pretty official if, well if I, they're gonna do honestly that.
0: if they put it to a vote yeah i mean the the most talked about name out of the selected names was yeah. sod poodle yes. so if they're going strictly for <laughs> internet traffic yes that name won Yes, and absolutely. I think that that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to put. They don't care if it. it I, yeah. I want this to go viral. I think yes. is their thought. So
2: what's gonna what's gonna get them? Oh, sod poodle. Oh, I'm gonna click. What the hell? You know. I mean, I get Get that. clicks or yeah. whatever. I've seen like flying squirrels as minor league names. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some horrible ones out there. El Paso, their team is the Chihuahuas, and so I mean, see, I'm, I'm actually some terrible. Ones, this but... is the thing. I think those are okay. Yeah, yeah. Because they're
0: real animals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, if we had been the Amarillo Prairie Dogs. Yeah. Hey, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, we closer. have prairie dogs and I know what a prairie dog is. Yeah. So it, it, it would be like saying uh uh the El Paso Chihuahuas instead of naming them that you'd name them the El Paso Taco Bell dog. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's like why would why would you not just call him a Chihuahua? Like yeah. that's okay with me. Like and it's
2: kind of playful and, and yeah. silly and yeah, I don't mind the playfulness. Yeah, I, I think that's fun. That's minor league baseball yeah. at its roots, so, and it's yeah. kids
0: kids going there. But oh yeah, uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not gonna be buying Emmett a a poodle hat. You know, yeah. maybe I will. I don't know. I guess they could do it. You right. You need to
2: get on the Amarillo Wonder Train. Is what you need to get on though. The Amarillo Wonder Train. Yeah. That's what they're wanting to call have it. Have you have you heard about this team? Uh uh-uh. All right. It's the the Sandlot team that I started about. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess this is our fourth summer playing. But yeah, we had our first practice last last Sunday. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working that day. I was wanting to come out. Oh, I've never man, really played baseball. Is it fun? Yeah, or like is, is playing? I guess Sandlot is basically you only need like 12 people. Because you have one person, you're rotating the batter, is
2: that right? Yeah, I mean, you can do it several different ways. I still like to do, if we play a game, I like there there to be at least like 16 to 18 people there. Um, this past Sunday, we thankfully had like 25 guys, so we were able oh, nice. to do a full on scrimmage and get dirty and stuff, it was fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Thirty or fourth year, did you say? Yeah, fourth, fourth year, yeah, the first... First three years, um, it was mainly just me and, like, a group of friends. It wasn't really, like, a public thing that I was, like, trying to push. But this year, um, I specifically was trying to, you know, like, get some of the community involved and actually make it a thing instead of just, like, something that we kind of do every once in a while. And so, first practice went well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been fun.
0: So, uh, are, I mean, I guess some of that actually leads into like the next thing is like, why Amarillo? Like if you're, if you're from New Mexico, I get your parents live
2: in Lubbock. My parents live in Lubbock now. Yeah. They moved away from New Mexico two years ago.
0: Okay. And then you live up here. Yeah. You have siblings?
2: Yes, I do. I have a brother and a sister, uh, brothers, year and a half younger than I have a little sister that's in elementary.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Dang. Yeah,
2: it's crazy. I'm almost like her dad in a way. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's crazy. But yeah. She's she was adopted from China, so that's why oh. she's so much younger. Yeah.
0: So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh crazy. my in laws tried to adopt a little girl from China too, but yeah. It was like right when Oprah was like, Oh, let's adopt children from oh, China. Yeah. So like all of America was like, Give me one.
2: Oh, trust <laughs> so, me. Yeah. I, I've been there. We we tried to, ad- as to adopt Zoe when I was um, going into my freshman year in high school. And that was when um, Beijing had got the OK for the Olympics there. Mm. And so they had stopped all adoption for like three years. They shut it down because they felt like that it made China look weak. And so it took us four plus years um, to even get Zoe into the Dang. States because of that. So, yeah, it was... My mom says it was the longest childbirth that she'll ever go go through. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Damn, that's Pretty wild, crazy. man.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. Dang man, I oh yeah. So Amarillo, why Amarillo?
2: Um. Really, because. So for one, New Mexico is cool and all, and I enjoyed my childhood, but I didn't. I didn't really feel anything for Eastern New Mexico. Like Amarillo is a huge step up from even where I came from. So I enjoy it for that fact alone. But I really think um, that Amarillo is just so moldable still. I mean, we're not a small city. We're, you know, 20, I think 250,000 plus now. But I still feel like there's so much still to be done here. And I feel like, in the next decade there will be will make leaps and bounds I hope and so really that's why I'm here just because I feel I feel some kind of energy there's history here there's it's it's a great place I mean I compare it to Lubbock a lot and I'm not trying to talk crap on Lubbock but we just have so so much more history than any other town our size in this area really I feel like um amarillo is just special and so that's why i'm here honestly if if i can make a living at it and stuff that i'm going to stay here for a while i hope and because it's affordable that's another reason i mean we have a nice big house and pay under a thousand a month for it and i mean there's no way we could do that in la or new york and stuff and so
0: yeah it's kind of interesting like when you live in some of these cool places yeah. you're renting that life.
2: Oh, absolutely. You're not
0: buying that life. Yeah. You know, you're not building equity or or really what what I think is interesting is it's like building equity in the financial sense, but also in the in the community sense. Yeah. Because well, especially since I started this podcast, but even beforehand, um there are there are people who are getting started in the community now mm-hmm. that will be people in the community later.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh not even necessarily saying in the arts, which is oh, yeah, one yeah. but there's people that are getting hired at jobs right now that they're gonna end up owning the business yeah. in thirty years. You know, there's there's people who are settling into the community and that are gonna be players in the community.
1: Yep.
0: Um and it's just good to know it's good to know though like you meet those people versus I feel like in Denver. Mm-hmm. There's so much coming and going and moving and yeah. like the whole thing, it's like a the the city seems to be breathing. It brings people in, it yeah. brings people out, yeah. it brings people in, you know. and
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, and then just the sheer size of it and that. the cost and everything. It's like, you know, I feel like in Amarillo, I own my community in a sense. Mm-hmm. I, I have long reaching relationships with people that go back, 15 yeah. years yes. of getting real being real 50 I was real with this person 15 years ago yeah. you know it's yeah. kind of a cool it's a it's a cool community for that i mean it's a yeah. small town
2: yeah it is small town but with enough people to kind of have some big big city dreams almost mm-hmm. um i also i i really like it because mm-hmm. big city dreams uh, i
0: never thought about it that yeah, way
2: yeah i i think our Um, art community as a whole also is, is a little bit more rooted than people even understand. Like, uh, like Lubbock again, for instance, I, I've done a lot of art shows there over the past year or two, just because they really have a place to show art. But the reason that I am so happy to be in Amarillo is because, I mean, their, their art community changes every four years because of their university. They have 35,000 kids come in every four years. And so those artists will stay there for four years and then leave. And the awesome thing about Amarillo is that like, young creatives of, of all kinds are actually staying here now and kind of making roots and trying to make a go of it here, which even wasn't the case in Amarillo, I think, you know five or ten years ago, which is awesome to see. I think that's why things are actually starting to happen. So...
0: Yeah, it's a there's a certain amount of investment that has to be done yeah. in the beginning. And I was actually having like you know, going up to Denver, I've been going to Denver now for ten years, you know, going and visiting and the it's swelling. Like the yeah. congestion's getting worse, like the parking oh, yeah. is getting worse and and then you come back to Amarillo and like literally the you might sit through a light one time, oh, yeah. but that's on a bad day, yeah. you know. I typically when well, yep. the the roads are all tore up right now, but as soon as they get them all finished, oh, yeah. it'll be fine, oh, you know. Absolutely. Um, and so it, it is always funny. I always wonder if Amarillo. I don't think Amarillo could because of the climate and the fact that it's just so abrasive. Sometimes living here, I don't yes. think it'll draw big crowds. Yeah, but I always wonder if Amarillo is going to swell. Like, yeah. like in the sim, in a similar sense, you know, because right. there's a lot happening here and there's so much opportunity people yeah. like in the tech, uh, damn, I'm not going to be able to remember. Jason Boyette had a guy on the other day who was talking about the biotech industry and was okay. wanting to like revolutionize it and was wanting to bring it to Amarillo. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things he was saying is like, we've got a whole Northeast side of Amarillo that there's a lot of, like, abandoned warehouses that are just empty floor space. Oh, yeah. Huge buildings. Like, I mean, as soon as I I don't understand why tech companies aren't moving here, buying that up, using cheap rent, cheap electricity, cheap housing for their employees, and just how much stuff's done online anyway, you know? Like, why do you need to be centrally located or something?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the Amarillo Warehouse Company, where we do... A lot of our pop ups, actually, where me and McCabri were married at um they bought i think it's six stories and they bought that thing for like hundred and fifty thousand dollars and It's not even in bad shape that's mind boggling to me, and it should be to most people like the if you want something here it's it's pretty affordable. they only had to put twenty five thousand down to get that place, so it's that's wild to me. That is that is pretty wild. 25,000. Yeah. 25,000, yeah. And it's
0: what how many floors did you say? 6. 6. Yep. <laughs> Dude, is it uh where <laughs> at downtown is it's, that? It's right beside MRL. So oh, okay. So does MRL. it have heavy timber construction on the inside
2: big big timbers? Does yeah. it have an old uh elevator in it? it yeah, it does. It, it has a working elevator inside. Yeah, it's it was the Amarillo Ice House. The second Amarillo Ice House, oh. so it was only in use for a few years, and then they started. Um, I guess I don't know if it was refrigeration that was invented or, um, or what, but I guess I guess they just went out of business and had been sitting there for a long time. So dang, that yeah. is crazy. Yeah, pretty awesome.
0: That is awesome. Yeah, I. I that's the thing that you know, you said that those people were
2: transplants. Did yes, you say? Yes. So they, why'd they move here? Do you know, do you, um, I think because of the affordability, they started a nonprofit, um, over in San Jacinto, um, were able to get into a building over there for pretty affordable. And then, um, they bought that building as well. So yeah, they're just trying to become plug in and be, uh, active members of Amarillo. So it was funny, man.
0: We were, uh, I have a friend that live in... They live in the Town Square apartments yeah. And we were getting in on the top floor and we are going down to the bottom floor and this couple got on with us and she was from LA or something and she was just like... Uh, go home, like, just <laughs> if you can leave Amarillo, leave Amarillo. It was just kicking her ass, you know, because our winters, man, were, oh, it's yeah. dry, it's cold, it's, yep. you know, it's not really for the faint of heart. No. Um, And she was just like, leave, leave. But I, I start, I was wondering, like, man, you, you take somebody who grew up with the costs of, like, California yeah. or, like, a really desirable, quote-unquote, like, yeah. way, place to live you take them and then you bring them to Amarillo, and they realize that their money goes way further in Amarillo than it does there. Oh, absolutely! And the opportunities there—it is kind of. I'm surprised that I am, and I wonder how much more that will happen. You know? Yeah
2: the, i I think we're kind of at the beginning of a of a trend. Honestly, it's cool you bring that up because um, even like let's say places like denton texas which it's much higher than it is here but it's still very much affordable uh, compared to la and i don't know if you're familiar with uh la actor jason lee he was in like my name is earl and he used to be a professional skateboarder and yeah stuff. but um he was born and raised in the la area and moved out to denton texas about uh two or three years ago now and owns this huge ranch and is living the Texas life along with like guys like Matthew McConaughey and people like that. And I, I think people are moving out here one because they can, if you have any money at all, you can build these huge mansions and live whatever life you want to live. And also it's quiet. You, you really are, it's very comfortable out here. It's, it's a great way of living, I think. But
0: yeah, it is wild, man. I, You know, and I want to experience more places. I want to go to like New York City. Like I, you know, I have. But anytime I'm away, I'm always kind of like, all right, you know. Like I I think I'm just a West Texas boy. You know, like I I think I just need to just kind of be at home. You know, kind of. Oh well, dude, we've been going for an hour and two minutes. I really appreciate you doing this. Absolutely, Um,
1: yeah, it was a blast. Like a up in your eyes Like a star in your friend Like this, she takes everything Tastes me like pain and medicine Into the strange divine oh, oh, I I was I was died, A white serpent's eye A network of the silken friends Spiders coming where it makes me move That oh, day, you oh, became my thank you